More than seven years after recreational marijuana shops opened in Colorado, the state legislature is sending a unified message of concern about what high-potency products might do to young people. Lawmakers recently gave final approval to the most sweeping regulatory bill for the cannabis industry since legalisation. It faced almost no resistance in either chamber, passing 56 to 8 in the House and 35 zip in the Senate. The bill now moves to Governor Jared Polis, a longtime advocate for legalised marijuana and an ally of the industry. Cannabis in Colorado has been legal for medical use since 2000 and for recreational use since late 2012. So what have been the effects on drug usage and health and well-being? Do parents and the general public have sufficient knowledge of this drug, its effects on young people and the industry that promotes it? Laura Stack is founder and CEO of Johnny's Ambassadors. Before marijuana... Johnny was a computer whiz with a 4.0 GPA and a perfect math score on the SAT. He was a funny, charming, handsome young man with a college scholarship and a bright future. After marijuana, he became psychotic and stole our family dog from our home and threatened to kill it without payment from me, his mother. Hello, I'm Laura Stack, and I have the undesired wisdom of knowing what it's like to lose one's child. By sharing my son Johnny's story of marijuana addiction and suicide, I hope to keep other teens from following his path. The dangerous truth about today's marijuana is the poignant life and death story of my son, Johnny Stack, whose young and vibrant life ended by suicide after his descent into addiction to high-potency marijuana and then cannabis-induced psychosis. You'll laugh and cry with me as I retell the story of Johnny's joyful childhood and then take you through the unthinkable tragedy of his loss. It's every parent's nightmare. This book is a call for parents across America to educate themselves about the risks of today's high THC marijuana products. Johnny's real-life story is backed by recent scientific-based research on how today's potent THC products can lead to mental illnesses such as anxiety, depression, paranoia, psychosis, and sadly, suicidal ideation. I hope to use my pain to help you talk to your children. I pray Johnny's story is a wake-up call to parents and young people who think it can't happen to them. Laura Stack, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate being here, Mike. Can you tell us about Johnny's story? Sure. Johnny was um, your uh, regular kid, happy, uh, funny, smiling, intelligent, uh, he was very smart. He, he had a 4.0 GPA. He scored a perfect a score in the math portion of our standardized test here in the U.S. called the SAT in math. He had a scholarship to Colorado State University. He played piano. He had a brown belt in karate. He ran cross country. He was uh, he had his whole life ahead of him, and unfortunately, uh, we live in Colorado, uh, which legalized medical marijuana in 2000 and recreational marijuana in 2000, 
12, when he was 12 years old. And at the age of 14, I hit the markets and the high schools. And he had a friend whose brother was 18 and had a medical marijuana card and uh, went to a party and told me he took some, that they wanted to see what it was like to get high and they had done marijuana. And of course, as all parents do, we told them uh, from a very young age, no drugs, no drinking, no marijuana, it's bad for your brain. And he did not listen and we told him in no uncertain terms it wasn't allowed in our in our home and he wasn't to do it again. And um, I thought that was the end of it, but unfortunately he just stopped telling us. And uh, the next few years were um, full of uh, finding him sneaking out, uh, finding pipes, uh, paraphernalia, um, having weed in his room, uh, confiscating things. And uh, over the course of the next couple years, he started using more and more. Um, when he was 16 and could drive, it was very hard to keep track of him because he would do it at school. It was very easy to get. And by the time he was 17, a senior in high school, he started having behavioral problems. Uh, his grades started to fall. He became um, very withdrawn and isolated, which was not like him at all, became anxious and depressed. And unfortunately, when he became, uh, when he was 18, he had to leave the home. He became verbally abusive, uh, defiant, and we had to move him out of the house because we have um, other children. So he started dealing. Uh, at the high school, he became 18, got his own medical marijuana card. And we found out later after he died on his Snapchat in his For Your Eyes Only section that he was selling the marijuana to the younger kids, just like he did when he was young. He went to the university on his scholarship, and two weeks later, he was dabbing nonstop and called me and said he felt suicidal. And so we had to withdraw him from the university and put him in a mental hospital where um, he unfortunately did have a suicide attempt afterward. And then uh, after he came back out, he healed. He was sober. He stopped using marijuana and he recovered at home. And he said he was ready to go back to another university. So we enrolled him there. And unfortunately, he went right back to smoking marijuana with a new group of friends there, um, dabbing. He used uh, concentrates, uh, mostly wax, and also had a dab pen where he vaped a very high-potency THC uh, most of the day. And he called a month later and said that his room was bugged and that the university was an FBI base and the mob was after him and had a complete um, psychotic breakdown had never experienced this before and um, put him right back in, the, in a mental hospital and um, they gave him antipsychotics to control the delusional thinking that he was experiencing and he again was sober from the marijuana and he recovered. So we uh, tried university number three and unfortunately he met up with a girlfriend that he'd known before who was dabbing marijuana every day because she had borderline personality disorder and thought it was helping her. So he took up dabbing again and uh, unfortunately also stopped taking his antipsychotic. And in November of 2019, 
he wrote in his journal that the mob was after him and everybody knew everything about him and he jumped off a six-story building. So he told us uh, three days before he died, he came over to dinner and he said, I just want you to know that you were right. He said, um, you told me that marijuana would hurt my mind and it has ruined my brain and my life and I'm sorry and I love you. So that is the life and death short story of what happened to my son, Johnny, 19 at the time, took five years of progression of marijuana use and so many treatments and doctors and medicines and everything we could do to help him. And he just kept going back. He could not control his addiction and and the desire to use marijuana. And I firmly believe that if we didn't live in Colorado where it was legal, he would still be here with us today. The antipsychotic, was that because of the initial bout with, uh, with uh, marijuana? Marijuana in youth, when used at an early age of onset in high frequency and high potency, causes psychosis five-fold uh, against normal teens who don't use. Um, so he, because he became paranoid and delusional, they had to give him an antipsychotic to attempt to counter the effects of the marijuana. What's dabbing? Dabbing is using a concentrated marijuana. It's not a plant. So in Colorado, um, flower, weed, grass isn't as popular. Um, they, they take the plant Uh, and run a solvent through it, usually butane or propane, and it causes the THC to leave the plant. And the solution of THC with the solvent is then filtered and and dried. And what's left is a a waxy-like substance, uh, like beeswax or earwax. Um, And it can be processed into additional distillates and uh, different products, batter, butter, shatter. Um, there's different methods, like rosin, um, crystal, which is smoked with a crack pipe. Uh, it's pretty much raw THC. So in Colorado, uh, they don't really use weed. Like we think of, I'm 51, you know, I used marijuana in the 80s, and it was... Um, very mild. It just, it didn't have much of the THC, which is the tetrahydrocannabinol, which is um, what makes one high THC. It's the chemical uh, in the cannabis plant that causes you to feel high. And so that's, they're just using the chemical here in Colorado. Very, uh, a lot of concentrates, uh, they call them dabs because you only need a dab, just a little bit on a pinhead um, that you put on a heated device to vaporize it. And it is extremely potent. It um, can be pure, nearly 99% THC. So it's no longer a plant. Um, there's nothing natural about the products that are being used here. They are chemicals. 
So it's very much like taking the coca plant and making cocaine and then turning it into crack. So they take the marijuana plant and they uh, take, you know, cannabis, they have marijuana, and then they turn it into THC. Um, And then when you heat THCA crystal, it is uh, THC and it's nearly pure. Um, So they put it in things, put it in a lot of things here, Um, drinks and candies and tampons and suppositories and and salad dressing i mean anything you can think of that you can use um to get into your body in colorado thc can be in it you're the founder and ceo of johnny's ambassadors inc can you tell us about the organization's aims activities and reach well i mean we just didn't know um anything about marijuana culture because this is very recent these dabs have only been out on the market um, for five or six years they've been around but they just weren't uh, used and very they weren't common Um, and so when we found out um, that Johnny was using these and and saw what they were in his college dorm when we withdrew him the first time and we just said what is this stuff Um, and you know we consider ourselves, I mean, we were very involved. We both work at home. We always were, um, you know, we went on vacations. We were here when he left. We were here when he got back. We were very uh, hands-on parents. And we thought, if we can miss this, um, this can happen to anybody. Um, So after he died, we started doing a lot of research and we're just shocked at what we found and the harms that uh, marijuana can do to youth because their brains are still forming. Um, we don't get involved with legislation, with, you know, if it's, if it's legal and you're an adult and you choose to do it, um, we don't recommend it. It can cause problems um, for adults just as much as kids, but more so in adolescence because of their very vulnerable, immature brains um, still forming. So we started a 501c3 um, to educate parents um, and teens about the dangers of these very high potency THC marijuana products, um, particularly in adolescent brain formation and mental illness and suicide. Basically, what happened to our son um, to keep other teens from following that path. I think there is such a perception that, you know, it's just weed. Um, I did it when I was a kid. I'm fine. Um, and so we're really sounding the alarm out there that this is not just weed. This isn't even in the realm of um, the same drug. It's, it is a totally different thing. And it's so... Um, dangerous for children. Um, And so we have nearly 2,500 now ambassadors who have all said, you know, this is happening to me, me too, and and are um, forming teams all over the world um, to share about the harms of marijuana on today's youth and to try to get parents to understand they cannot allow it They cannot use it. Uh, They cannot give it to their children. Uh, They have to fight 
against having it available uh, where they live, even in Colorado where it's legalized, our town opted out. Uh, you can't sell it here. There are no dispensaries. Um, and so we're really trying to prevent, as a primary prevention strategy, young teens, youth, um, sadly, 12, you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds here in Colorado use. And it has hugely problematic outcomes. Uh, for them as a result. So johnniesambassadors.org is our website and we are uh, working hard to build communities of people who are willing to share their experiences and the message uh, about the problems that marijuana has caused in their lives, in their families, in their children, in themselves, um, and to bring it out into the open and, and not to be ashamed of it. And not to be silenced by it, um, but to tell people, this happened to me. This is real. Um, don't do this. It will mess you up. And um, I shared Johnny's warning now with teens and law enforcement community, uh, any kind of medical profession. People just don't understand because they're not into marijuana and they just don't know how harmful it is. What about resistance? I mean, uh, I've. I- during my research, there was a, a story on one, one news station. They had yourself and they were talking to um, a DEA guy. Anyway, there was 13 comments and they were dreadful comments. They were, oh, just, yeah. They were just well, because they're using marijuana. So mm. they're vile and violent and mean. And mm. they're really just um, marijuana doesn't work for them. They're, mm. you know, the whole perspective of makes you chill out. Um, it doesn't. It makes um, people... Um, angry, depressed, mm. violent, um, causes mental harm. So um, I don't read them. I mm. really, I don't care. Um, I don't read them. I have a very thick skin, and and I really actually don't care what people say about me. Um, I stay focused on our mission to save teens and uh, to educate. And if all they can do is insult. Um, that's their problem. I was talking to um, a friend of mine uh, about what we're doing, uh, the whole series, and we're talking about marijuana, how bad it is. And yeah. it didn't come to fisticuffs, but there was this insistence that uh, I was talking rubbish, uh, you were talking rubbish, the people we had on were talking yeah. rubbish. Read for insanity. Yes, yeah. but it, and I have some really dear friends, and they, they, they say it doesn't hurt you. And, well, yeah, of course they, they don't, because they don't. They are used to their old mental models mm. from long ago. You know, when it was just weed, mm. when it was Woodstock, when it was Easter grass. Um, mm. I did it too. It was nothing back then, um, and so people are ignorant. They're ignorant, and they think they know, and they don't. They simply don't. Um, they haven't used the products that we have here, most of them. And if you started using the stuff that we have now, when you're 12, it is neurotoxic. It causes brain damage. Um, We know it because we see it. I have many doctors on my scientific advisory board. They have new patients with cannabis-induced psychosis in their office every day with very desperate parents. 
um, not knowing what's happening and very scared because their child thinks the parent is a shapeshifter. Um, it's it's very scary. Mm. So I would just um, kindly tell them that they're ignorant. But how do you cut through that that you know that ignorance? You the, when try to read, have them read. But you show them research. Mm. You ask them to watch videos. See, they're they're very stuck in their own truth, mm. and people like that are not even willing to listen to something counter. And so I usually don't bother with people like that um, because most of them aren't going to change. I am focused on reaching the one person who is going to hear this message and go tell their teen to lay off the weed and that they are not allowed to use it anymore and put them into treatment and save their life. That's the person I want to reach. Mm. Tell us about Big Marijuana. Who are the people and organizations behind it and the markets they're focused on? Well, I mean, it, it's, um, it's a hugely, you know, profitable industry. It is, a, it is an addiction for profit industry. And so the, the people who are in on it are the ones who are um, making the money on it. And so they are the tobacco um, companies that are now into marijuana. They are the, the beer companies that are now starting to make uh, marijuana beverages. Um, you know, they're the billionaires that, you know, like John Sperling and, and George Soros and Peter Lewis and um, the people who were really kind of investing in it. Um, it's the drug policy Alliance. There, there are some key organizations like the DPA, like the National Cannabis Industry Association. There's, there are a few um, like the Marijuana Policy Project. These are all organizations that are determined to legalize marijuana. I blame them. Um, they're carpetbaggers. They are willing to sacrifice the health of our children on the altar of their profits. Um, Normal, you know, Hugh Hefner, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people that we can blame. Um, Robert Corey, who's who's the one who was the attorney that started Amendment 64 here in Colorado. I blame him. I blame the, the pot doctor, the pot shop, you know, just mm. like the old pill mills um, that used to prescribe opioids. Now you pay your 500 bucks. You go tell a pot shop doctor you got a migraine. Uh, when you're 18 and you've never had a health problem in your life, um, and they're protected in Colorado, and they give them a medical marijuana card, and they go to the dispensary, and they buy it, and then they go back to the high school, and they sell it to all the younger kids at a profit. Um, so, you know, they don't need the black market. They don't need to grow it inside their house. They're buying it legally with a medical uh, marijuana card. So there's a huge problem with 18-year-olds able to go buy shatter two grams a day then they go to another dispensary buy two more grams and another one they don't track it mm. um there's no testing there's no regulation they just loop from dispensary to dispensary and they become the local high school drug dealers in five minutes in any high school in colorado you can get your hands on weed and i i blame all of those people and those organizations that have done this to our children and don't care about public health. They're using them as their guinea pigs because they need them to be addicted because 
you don't just suddenly develop a cannabis use disorder when you're an adult. Most drug addictions begin as youth. When they say it ain't about the money, it really is about the money, which goes to question your uh, the, the very state governments and the federal government. There really yeah, all seem, the tax money. It doesn't yeah. seem to be a whole lot of resistance from uh, upstairs, does it? Well, I have gone to the Capitol myself many times and yelled and screamed and talked to the Senate minority leaders, majority leaders. I've talked to congressmen, uh, our representatives, our senators, our attorney general's office, you know, and I just share Johnny's story. And um, we have to speak up. We have to be heard. We have to uh, make a lot of noise and and shout about it very loudly because um, they try to shame you, you know, these people. Oh, well, you know, it must have been because you were a horrible parent. And, you know, mm. your kid was, you know, must have been mentally ill before he used marijuana. You know, they just say a bunch of BS that mm. isn't true. I mean, I wasn't a perfect parent, but I was I was a good mom. I don't, um, you know, I didn't force it down his throat, you know? There's just a lot of blame and shame that goes on in an attempt to keep people like me quiet. Um, and I'm not going to be quiet. More like attack the person and, and not the evidence. Yeah. And the evidence yeah. does speak I'd... for itself. You mentioned George Soros. I mean, it's interesting with George Soros. He he tends to be a destroyer of most civilizations if he if he gets his way. Uh, how do you, but how do you counter, I mean, the George Soroses and all these multi- multi-billionaires, how do you counter their insistence on making money out of the misery of others? Well, I mean, you know, they have done a very good job by calling it medical mm. um, and, and getting people to say, oh, you know, the poor children who need it because they have seizures. Look, I'm not trying to take away. There are components of the cannabis plant that can be helpful for certain disorders um, that the FDA has approved that are chronic, for example, um, seizures and um, certain cancer pain. And, you know, so there are some things. But what people don't understand is that in November of 2020 in Colorado, there were only 131 medical marijuana cards for children zero to 10 years old. We're not trying to get rid of the parents' ability to give children who get an actual prescription um, from a doctor to use, and there are FDA-approved uh, medications, Epidiolex, etc. And then from 11 to 17, there are 140 medical marijuana cards. So that's not what the problem is. And so what we're really looking at is magically at 17 years, 364 days, to 18 years, now there are 3,900 medical marijuana cards. So what, in one day, mm. um, an 18-year-old developed a chronic uh, a medical condition. So they're not supposed to be prescribing. They're prescribing them, I believe, criminally um, to make money, to get them to um, use the product, to get them addicted. Uh, very few users in Colorado use most of the product. Um, so you need your chronic users. So you've got to addict them, you've got to addict them hard, and you've got to addict them young. And then they need more, and they need more potent, and they need more quantity, and that's where they're making 
all of their money. They're not making their money off of the 12-year-old who has seizures or the 65-year-old grandma um, who needs her gummy each day because she has back pain, right? That's not uh, where they're really making their money. Do we just stop it and make it illegal and that you get your medical marijuana from the doctor or... How, well, how, how do how do we how do we approach this problem? And it is a well. There's a problem. lot you can do. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it'll ever stop. You can't just stop it. I mean, mm. the 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 horse is out of the barn, right? Mm. Um, so there there's a lot of things that you can do uh, legislatively, and so you know, making sure your town doesn't allow. Um, dispensaries, putting caps on potency, um, requiring two doctors for an 18 to 20 year old um, to sign off on the med card, requiring a bona fide physician patient relationship where the patient has to go back every three months and be recertified that they can take that. Tracking systems where it's just like opioids where when you buy your marijuana, your name goes in and you can't go from dispensary to dispensary and buy. They call that looping um, here in Colorado. You know, you just have to keep putting forward um, lobbyists, um, having people on your side in the legislator who are sympathetic to this, these problems. Show them the research. Um, talk to every single person you know, um, remove the protection from the doctors, give parents. I, I don't even know who gave my child a medical marijuana card, right? You can't get alcohol and you can't get cigarettes till you're 21, but you can get a medical card when you're 18. Um, so there's just a lot of things that you have to just keep um, working at one at a time and just keep hammering at them. Mm. How can we then support Johnny's Ambassadors, Inc.? Well, we are—we don't have any grants. We're brand new. We're not even a year old. Uh, we don't have any government funding. We don't have any funding. <laughs> we don't. Um, we're just private donors. Uh, we're just a group of people who are concerned uh, around the globe. And so we are funded by individuals um, who are who share in our mission. Um, so we gratefully take donations uh, from all over the world, johnnysambassadors.org uh, slash donate. There's a donate button on our website. Um, but more than that, just to join us, um, get involved. You know, we've got a very active Facebook group. Um, we have a stop dabbing walk. We use hashtag stop dabbing. Um, that will be held globally. We've got some teams already in Australia. Um, several in Canada and uh, Kenya. We've, I think we have 11 teams so far and some that are committed. Um, it's Sunday, September 19th this year. Um, stopdabbingwalk.com. If they go to stopdabbingwalk.com, they can sign up a team. You know, so that's what we really need to do is get the word out there, have an effort much like MAD or Mothers Against Drunk Driving. You know, we need a coalition of people who are, uh, vocal uh, from from all sides and who make people pay attention uh, and hold people accountable to the science 
and stop listening to the money and listen to the doctors. Peer-reviewed journal studies, um, not surveys, you know, not all the fake stuff that the pot industry puts out. Um, and then have organizations like some of our allied partners who um, pay lobbyists, you know, and get schools on board and doctors on board um, and associations in the medical profession on board and um, make a stink and show up to every hearing, every uh, committee hearing. You know, we're just trying not to let things move out of committee at this point. Um, and we're a 501c3, so I don't, uh, I can't get involved in, in lobbying, but we can educate and we can share our stories and we can hold our legislators accountable. From a tragedy, a terrible tragedy, to a journey of inspiration. Laura, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being able to share Johnny's story.